0: Hey guys, just wanted to drop some knowledge on y'all. A new uh, front of the podcast, Dewan O'Neill, has dropped his first novelization, Dear Dominic, A Roadmap to His Son, on Amazon. Grab your copy today.
1: Hey, what's good, everybody? It's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and you are listening to Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And joining me up here is my co-host, rebellious underscore underscore d23 how you doing today bro hey man good and ready to rock bro i am ready to get into it as well but unfortunately everybody trav is not here with us you know trav he is always here on every episode this is the first time since leveling up with benjamin banks has uh, been going that he is not going to be on this week's episode unfortunately he had got called by uh general thunderbolt ross and mm. he had to head up into the universe and fight aliens to protect all of us now you know i'm the hero of leveling up with benjamin banks but they said that they needed Trav for this special mission because trav has the ear it is just That's like right. uh, that movie a quiet place where in that movie <laughs> you know if you had the ear you could defeat the monsters and Trav right. has the ear so he's going to defeat the aliens. so Trav we hope that you have a safe and speedy uh recovery and uh while you're up there in space and uh, we'll see you when you come back up That's here right, on the brother. podcast and we'll be looking forward to hearing the story of how you saved everybody uh but yeah today's guest that we have up here is a very talented voice actress She's been in so many animes, Hunter Hunter, Demon Slayer, Miraculous Ladybug, my favorite JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and that is Miss Kira Buckland. So before we give her a call, here's a word from our sponsors. Have you ever gone to a store and you wanted to get some nerd decor to decorate your home, but you couldn't find it? Maybe a Dragon Ball Z photo on the wall or a My Hero Academia pot to put your flowers in? Well, I have some good news. This is Benjamin Banks from the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast, and I love to tell you about Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T. Tiny T, she specializes in creating nerd decor, paintings, floral arrangements, and seasonal nerd decor for the holiday season. You can check out all of her products on the links that we provide at the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks page. And if you use the code Up, you will get 10% off. So go ahead and head over to her website and use that 10% off code and decorate your home with any type of nerd decor that you would love to put in there. You can find her on Etsy.com slash shop slash Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T. And again, like I said, make sure that you use that code. Leveling up, so that way you can get ten percent off of your items. Go ahead and start decorating that home. Peace. Usually up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, we're a three man team. Uh, most of the time, it's uh, always me, D, and Trav, and sometimes it's just been me and Trav. But today on this brand new episode, it is just me and Rebellious D. And uh, you know, unfortunately, Trav he couldn't join us here because he's off in space fighting monsters right now to keep our universe protected. And uh, Trav, we hope that you have a speedy recovery when you uh, defeat those monsters. And we'll see you next time up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. So today's guest that we have up here is a very talented voice actress. And, you know, everybody knows that I love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But Uh. I think that... (laughs) D, just relax. I'm sorry. Uh. She, She... She likes JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, if not as much as me, but even more as me. And that is Miss Kira Buckland. How are you doing today, Kira?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Hey, It is awesome to have you up here. We appreciate you joining us today on a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Now, something that we do on the podcast for all of our guests is we ask, what is your origin story? Every hero or villain has one. So tell everybody who Kira Buckland is.
2: So, origin story from like the very beginning or from when I started in the industry cuz I started kind of like as a hobby way before I, you know, started working in official projects like games and anime and stuff.
1: I said the beginning. Yeah, you yeah, okay. usually like like when when that spaceship landed in Kansas <laughs> and the Kent's found you in the spaceship. Or yeah. no, better yet, since a, when when those uh fishermen pulled that coffin from the mm-hmm. sea and then they <laughs> opened it up. There we go. <laughs> and you were uh. hey D I I gotta do this I know I
0: know know. it's okay it's
1: okay
2: (laughs) well I hope it's a a Magikarp fisherman because Gyarados is my favorite Pokemon good
0: pick strong Pokemon
2: but yeah um, to answer your question I kind of got into anime and video games when I was around 16 because people I knew at the time were like hey you should check this out and you know all that kind of stuff and I kind of was realizing around that time that, oh, there's also people who do the voices for this stuff. And I had always been interested specifically in vocal performance, but it was kind of, it was kind of a weird thing because it's like, I liked, you know, the idea of like performing and things like that. But for like acting on stage, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm like really comfortable. Like, I don't know what to do with like my body and all this kind of stuff. And then I wanted to be a singer. Like I, for a long time, I was like, oh, I want to be a rock singer. But it's like, I wasn't like, I liked singing but I wasn't good at, like, writing songs, which I know would be such a core um, component of that. And, you know, I I don't know. I guess I, I liked the idea of, like, playing somebody else other than myself, like you would not you know, maybe a play or something. But I also liked the idea of just, like, using my voice to perform. So I didn't really, like, think about voice acting or know much, you know, obviously on some level, we know, like, oh, yeah, that's, like, people who are acting as the characters in cartoons and stuff. But um, until I got, like, into anime and games and stuff, I didn't really like think about that. And then it kind of all made sense. Like, oh, this, this is something that I want to do. And mm-hmm. I knew some people at the time who, cause I grew up in Alaska. So there's obviously like nothing up there in terms of voice acting. Mm-hmm. So I thought like, oh, well, I don't even know like how I do this. You know, you had to be in one of the places where the work was, but I knew people at the time who said they would do flash animations on the internet because people would just bring in, because at the time, this was before content creation was heavily monetized like it is now. So people would just like animate stuff and put it out there, or just like make their own projects. And it wasn't like a for profit thing. Like they weren't like hiring people to help most of the time. It was just sort of like people on the internet collaborating to do things. And because it was, you know, it was all just sort of like amateur, like people, people collaborating together. It wasn't like you had to like be in a studio and record mm. or whatever. So most of the times for the voices, one of a few different things would happen. Either the animators themselves would do the voices and they would just like for the female characters, they'd either like pitch it up artificially or they'd have like their sister or mom or girlfriend or somebody like just to do it and you know a lot of times you could tell that the people weren't actors so they were kind of you know just like um just reading the lines or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or sometimes they would even use the text-to-speech voices and that was even really popular as kind of a stylistic choice back this was like back in 2004 2005 um mm-hmm. but you know i felt kind of lucky in the sense that You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have much experience. I would occasionally just, like, rent anime DVDs and try to imitate the characters, which, you know, (laughs) isn't really a viable thing now. But it's like, back then, there weren't resources and all this stuff. So it was kind of like, I was just flailing around in the dark trying to do something. So I just, like, message these different animators and be like, hey, like, if you want a girl who voice acts, I can do that. And you know, I put together like my crappy little homemade demo, which again, obviously now you don't do, but back then when it was kind of like it wasn't like a monetized thing, stakes were low, you could just kind of like message people and be like, hey, I'd like to like work with you. And they're like, okay, cool. If they were interested. And so I feel like I got kind of lucky in the sense that I was like the female voice that was in a lot of the flash animations of that era. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I just kind of would, I also learned to like make my own projects with my friends and things like that. You know, it was nothing exciting. It was like game parodies and things like that. But, um, you know, just kind of continuing to flail around in the dark and, and learn what I wanted to do. And then eventually after a lot of time passed, I kind of, you know, I knew like, oh, you have to be in LA if you want to do a lot of this kind of stuff. So I made plans to to move out here and I've been out here for about 10 years now and you know it's a very long journey which I think people don't really realize because altogether, I've been doing this for 17 years if you count you know all the time I spent doing it as a hobby which is kind of like training in a sense you know you're like practicing and you're kind of learning as you go Mm -hmm. yeah
1: you're leveling up Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's (laughs) right now you want to know what's uh you know not funny but uh, it is kind of funny because it's. Piggybacking off of what you just said about doing the Flash animation stuff, we uh, recently interviewed Ethan Gallardo, and he was telling us that, uh, like, that was kind of his, uh, you know, first time getting his foot in the door, like, doing the Flash animation stuff for Newgrounds. Now, was Newgrounds, like, one of the sites that you were doing the Flash animation stuff on, or was this, or was not, and see, man, Newgrounds, that was the, I'll say it, that was the Back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Um, Right.
2: And, you know, there was a lot of, like, you know, there were a lot of, like, mean people on the internet and stuff mm -hmm. back then. But at the same time, I am very grateful to this site because it just kind of allowed me to just, like, explore a lot. Because, you know, if you make your mistakes in an environment where it's not, like, money and, like, business contracts and stuff on the line, you can just kind of, like, do whatever and learn as you go. Mm -hmm. and. You know, I think it's it's a little harder for people trying to do this stuff these days because everything online seems so high stakes, even like yeah, just nope. kind of the unpaid fun projects. It's like there's this pressure that young people have that they have to go pro right away. They have to get this studio because, you know, with good audio quality being more accessible on a consumer level, there's also the expectation that everyone will have it. So there is a big like um, financial barrier in place, I would say, to starting now and, You know, it's just like, I feel like people are less forgiving of like, oh, I don't know, everyone's just kind of doing this thing for fun and who knows what. And it's, you know, everyone's taking it so seriously, which there is a place for that. But it's also, I feel like it's a very, a, a lot harder for people starting now.
0: Yeah. Now, Ms. Kira, I want to ask you a question uh, since we're here now at the conversation in the conversation. Um, do you feel like the, the pandemic situation has put more of a pressure on people trying to get into the industry now? Or does it kind of help them because a lot of people are recording from home right now?
2: So I think it's a combination of both um, for the actors who already lived in a major market, which. These days, especially in terms of anime, it's pretty much L.A. and Dallas are the two big ones. And for people who lived in one of those places already, if they did not have a home studio, which a lot of them didn't, because here's the thing, like I had I bought a booth back in 2018, like a full on sound booth for my home it's pink and it's very much like my (laughs) my aesthetic but um, you know I had it because I would do a lot of like indie projects and I'd work with international clients who you know I just like record the audio and send it to them so I already had a need to be able to record in professional quality from home and now when it came to like you know anime games all, all that kind of stuff we would always physically go into the studio, but for auditions, we'd record from home. So like back mm-hmm. then, because you'd be brought in no matter what, if you booked the part, it didn't really matter what your audition quality sound like. But the thing is that it, it could help because I know some people who just like didn't care and they're like, oh, I'll record it from my phone or whatever. But the thing is, it's like, even if your acting is good and your voice is good, if the quality sounds terrible, I feel like it it's harder to make a good impression on the casting Correct. director. So... I always wanted to have, like, you know, to be able to deliver that quality even for my auditions and stuff. But I still had to upgrade, you know, like the setup that I had wasn't good enough when I started for, you know, because what's good enough for, like, an independent client online isn't necessarily broadcast quality for studios. So, you know, I had to put a lot of money into my current setup and... So did everyone else at the time that the pandemic hit. It was kind Mm -hmm. of like, there's a lot of financial uncertainty because we didn't know like, okay, we can upgrade our home studio. What if we don't like work that much? Mm -hmm. What if we don't make our money back? But, you know, oddly enough, and I feel very fortunate to say this 2020 and 2021 have been my busiest years in my entire career. I'm not doing as many games, unfortunately, as I used to, but anime is just like being produced left and right. I feel like there's like a ton of new shows coming Mm -hmm. out every week practically and you know if you're like a recurring character a lot of times you will have a session every week for a lot of these shows so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like you know I've I felt very fortunate that I work even more consistently with all the media that's coming out now and you know so it it is a downside for the people who maybe cannot afford to get a booth because you know booths cost like anywhere from like $5,000 to $10,000, sometimes even more. And that's that's a lot, you know? So you can kind of make a makeshift setup with different things, but it's going to be hard to get it to sound as good. So if somebody didn't have any of that stuff, like they didn't have any kind of home setup, it is a big, it's like a big paywall almost to kind of like have what's required now for the remote recording. But the nice thing is, is that we are seeing more market crossover. So for example, a lot of the, LA market and the Texas market you would sometimes see crossover like if an actor you know they were in Dallas and they did a bunch of stuff there and then they move out Mm -hmm. to LA and sometimes they'll come back and do some other parts or whatever but now we're actually seeing like Texas actors working out here and vice versa and sometimes depending on the studio they will even bring in people from totally different markets I've had a few of my international friends get pulled Mm -hmm. in for small parts and things and that's really cool like because if it were up to me, I would not even live in LA. You know, I would I would probably <laughs> move back home. But we're not at that point because there are still some studios that are like, no, you have to come in. But, you know, I guess kind of my goal for the industry some in the future would be that people, if they had a broadcast quality setup, they could ideally live somewhere where it's like, it's nicer, it's not as expensive, yep. better quality of life and still be able to work. Because as of now, it's like, I'm kind of tethered here because it's, how I can work.
0: That is interesting. Um, that, that brings another question that I kind of want to talk to you about. As far as uh, recording from home, are you are recording from home. You said you bought a booth and things like that. So like, do you have to stay close to them, you know, with work and stuff? Or is there sometimes they need you to come in and record things? How does that? It
2: depends mm-hmm. because um, last month I was able to visit my family for two weeks. And I set up kind of a makeshift like booth and space up there. And I was actually able to record my ongoing shows so that production right. didn't miss their deadlines. So, you know, there's there's one show that's pretty big that I can't talk about yet is at yeah. the time of this interview. But I recorded for a pretty major show while I was up visiting Alaska, which was so surreal, you know. Yeah. But the problem is that I know that if I were to move out of ballet a lot of my opportunities would decrease because okay. there are still some studios that say you have to come in. You gotta yeah. come in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Now, yeah, that's, go ahead, back. That's something that, because uh, we've heard that before from some of the voice actors in Texas, where it's like mm-hmm. they have to stay in Texas because sometimes you have these big projects, especially the ones where, uh, uh, like My Hero Academia, for example, Yeah. You have to you you have to stay there because you have to record because they're trying to have the the dub episodes come out just as fast as the sub episodes. And why I feel like that is a amazing thing that we have in today's world where it's like we can get these shows at a much faster pace compared to how we used to get them back in the day where it's like you had to wait several years to get a dub for something.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think there's pros and cons. um, But the big thing I'm hoping, too, with remote recording is that it'll mean people can actually take vacations. Now, actors can never take a true vacation because we have... So many, like, you know, just the anime industry these days has weekly deadlines for a lot Mm -hmm. of shows. And Mm. a lot of things just can't wait. So we can never take, like, a full, like, I'm going to unplug from everything vacation (laughs) unless it's for maybe, like, a day or half a day. But, um, you know, in terms of, like, say you wanted to go somewhere for a week or something, you know, I would like the idea that as long as you could have access to good internet and, like, a broadcast quality setup, you could theoretically still do your work and not get recast in projects and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So... You know, that would be kind of the goal. But I know the other thing, too, is that we just don't know what the future is going to look like. You know, we thought recently when things were looking pretty good, oh, studios are probably going to return to studios any moment now. And then it's kind of like, well, we have to go back in. But because of like new variants and new concerns and stuff, a lot of the studios here are just saying, no, we're going to stay remote for the time being unless someone like needs to come in.
1: Mm. So something that I wanted to piggyback off of what you had said earlier was about like how you used to do the video game stuff. And that option it still is available for you, but there's just so much more anime that is coming out left and right. And we've seen like a whole uprising on Netflix where they're just dropping anime in the snap yep. of a finger. Um, the new Shaman King anime just came out on Netflix. And, you know, I just love again to, you know, what I was saying earlier about how, you know, you have so many options to, just pick up an anime and like it's available for you as soon as it comes out instead of waiting those years. Now I want to kind of take it back because you know I'm a huge JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fan. I already said that in the intro, and I know that you're a huge JoJo's Bizarre Adventure yeah. fan as well. <laughs> now tell me, so you were on Part Four, of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Diamond is Unbreakable, which is my favorite part. And, you know, I'm just happy that we've been able to interview some of the voice actors and actresses who have been a part of that. And one of my goals is to get everybody from part four on leveling up with Benjamin Banks because it's just my favorite part. So, how was it working on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure?
2: A dream come true. Um, I've been really into JoJo since 2013, which is also when I got my star tattoo. Nice. And I don't know, like JoJo is just like something that really captivated me. And I got more and more into it as the series went on. And, you know, like my friends make fun of me because I'm like that one obnoxious friend that never mm. shows up about JoJo's, you know. But um, and JoJo's influenced a lot of my music taste as well and stuff like that. Same. So. You know, it was it was obviously like very very special to me to get to work on it in some aspect, and I actually got to do like little background characters in an episode of Part Three as well as an episode of Part Five. So I feel like really honored too to kind of be in three different parts, even tiny parts.
1: Really hey. cool. That's really cool. Uh, I I I love how you said that. You know, you talk about it so much that your friends say that you're obnoxious. I know D's just like I know the feel.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey
1: but Worms then some can't my express. friends
2: watch it and they're like oh i see why you liked it so much I,
1: here i try again, these guys to watch jojo and it's not for me they watch not, a lot of anime and it's you just, have
2: to give it some time like can, it's, it's not one of the tastes. things where you can just watch like a few episodes and be like oh, i don't know because yeah. it's like yeah. there's different uh, you know for too. some people
0: they love it and some people you just put it on your bucket list you know
1: yeah well i will say that they did because we reviewed uh dust spoke rohan and they did enjoy that i, I yeah, Rohan's I was, a
0: cool character i was I happy about that.
1: that but they it's like a lot of people they always say that they try to watch part one first and they're not feeling it and then sometimes you have people who just skip past part one and two and go straight to part three and it's just like no, you have to watch this stuff so don't that way you know parts. you don't skip part i know i i wish more people wouldn't skip parts because jojo it's it's just one of those things like it's an amazing series and then when you do the deep dives and you find out the history behind you know all of it now did you ever watch the original ovas that came out back in the day
2: um bits and pieces of it i know those were like pretty iconic too um i my favorite form of Jojo Media has always just been the original manga because I think that Mm. um, the animated adaptation does a wonderful job. Like, absolutely, it's very, like, accurate to the manga and stuff like that. But I also feel that there's no substitute for people. Like, if they really want to get into it, you got to read, especially Mm. because a lot of the later parts haven't been animated yet. I mean, we're playing catch-up a lot. But, you know, (laughs) just like uh, when I first got into Jojo we didn't even have part three animated yet so you you had to read like that was the only way that you could do it i mean to give you an idea of like (sighs) when i started reading jojo for the first half of part four i had to read the duang version
1: (laughs) i've heard about that version too i never read it but i just know that uh it's crazy
2: (laughs) it's iconic in terms of meme status
1: yes Mm. it's uh if i could put it on the level or compare it to anything it's like the room of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, just yeah. because of the dialogue <laughs> that's in it. Just like, huh? Did he did he really just say that? Yeah, it's 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 very wild. Now, uh, you know, to piggyback off of something you just said, because a lot of the parts of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, they haven't been animated. And recently we finally got the trailer for Stone Ocean. And I've seen the photos that you have online where you cosplay as Jolene Cujo and I know you're excited for Stone Ocean to finally be animated.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I've, I've read on your website where you just like, one of the biggest achievements that you could accomplish is to voice Jolene Cujo. And I'm rooting for you. I think it would be awesome. The voice actress who's voicing her in the Japanese dub, like that was one of the things that she said. She said that she got into voice acting with the hopes of one day voicing Jolene Cujo and now she's gonna be voicing her. So like how would it be if you went into that audition and you got the part? Like
2: oh, I hope, you know, I'm trying like this is this is the hard thing too about when you're like an actor but you're also really, really passionate about certain shows and games and stuff is like you always have to accept the fact that the odds are probably that you won't get it. Because, you know, even the actors you see where it's like, oh, they're in everything, we are all constantly auditioning. Like, Mm -hmm. I lose track, and, you know, anyone else would tell you the same thing. We all lose track of, like, we're just auditioning for things every day, and most of the time, we don't book them. You know, because it's like, you're just kind of throwing things out and being like, okay. So it's, it's why, like, they always tell people, try to send and forget, because most of the time... You you know, you can um do this audition that you work really hard on. It's going to go to somebody else. Yeah. So, you know, mm. but the hard thing is with something like this, that obviously I do have a history with, I am very passionate about. I can't really just throw it out, that out the window. So I think it's kind of like trying to tell myself like, okay, this is out of my hands. um I'll of course be happy if I get a fair shot to audition. um If I get a fair shot and someone else books it over me, then, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And I have to be at peace with that.
1: It's a great way to look at it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like one of those things I always say it's best to always have low expectations because if you set the bar high uh, when you don't get what you want, then you'll be really upset about it compared to if you have a low expectation and then you do get the part, then you can be super excited about it because yes. it's one of those things where it's just like, man, I didn't think that I was going to get it. It's the same thing like with me with uh, professional wrestling where – it's like every time I go to a show, when it comes time to sell merchandise, I never have high expectations because it's like, you never know. Like I've been at shows where people haven't bought my gear, not my gear, my merchandise. And then I've been at shows where I've sold out, but it's like, you always just want to, I don't know. I mean, it kind of sounds, uh, no, not shoot your shot, but it kind of, you know, not, it doesn't sound positive when you just like, oh, like, why would you want to set the bar so low? But I mean like it really does help you out when you look at the grand scheme of things in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I mean at the same time it's um it's always good to set realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. I think it's the key to most situations if not all situations. But mm-hmm. you have to have the mindset first to do that.
2: Yeah. Mm. And that's why I'm also like, you know, I've of course like talked online about, oh, I'm really excited to see part six animated and stuff like that. But, you know, especially as soon as it was confirmed, we were getting the anime. I've tried to be very careful not to say like, oh, I hope I get the part or I hope Uh I get to audition because it's like, I feel very like fortunate and honored and like flattered that so many people are like oh we want you in this role like we won't accept like anybody else but you know if it's not me which is a very real possibility I don't want whoever gets it to have to get any hate or anything you know I just I want like obviously it should go to whoever is the best for the part even if it's not me so I don't want to you know have like have like an army on my behalf or whatever because it's like
1: (laughs) you don't want to (laughs) be the care uh the care uh, the, Kira, uh, the, the Kira killers yeah there we go the Kira killers. <laughs> <You don't laughs> no, mean. yeah killer queens I, oh i love that yeah because i i think that i've heard that before where it's like sometimes uh if a voice actor or actress doesn't get the role like sometimes the fans will go and attack the other person but it's just like no it's like we're not competing with each other it's just sometimes things happen and uh you know the other person they'll get the role and uh you know if even if you can get Jolene, like as long as you can be in part six, because it's like part six is something that we've all been waiting for, especially because of the pandemic. Uh, You know, production on it got pushed back, but to see that it's going to be coming out on Netflix this year. And, you know, like that's an awesome this is thing soon.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, most of the time we're just waiting and watching it weekly, but it's going to all be in our hands in one day. And, you know, I, like I was telling Trav, uh, because Cobra Kai is supposed to be coming out in December as well. And he's just like, I feel like Cobra Kai is going to be higher than Joe. I was like, bro, you do not know JoJo fans. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, please don't say that. But no, it's going to be awesome when it comes out. Now, I wanted to, uh, you know, kind of take it back because you were on Hunter Hunter. And that is another one of our favorite anime. So how was it working on that?
2: It was fun. I mean, it was it was a pretty small part. I wasn't in a ton of episodes, but I enjoyed playing Zushi because for one thing, I don't often get to play boys like I do occasionally. But usually it's like side roles like NPCs that are like unnamed and things. So Mm -hmm. getting to play one that had like a story arc was Mm -hmm. very, very cool. And I was glad to be trusted with that. And, you know, I just I love his enthusiasm. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, he yeah, he's definitely a very cool character. And uh, he's somebody that I do hope that we eventually see again once the anime does come back. Um, because Hunter Hunter like it's been around for such a long time now and, and it's uh, one of those things where we're just waiting just to see and oh, yeah. another thing uh, like we're waiting uh, you're in Yashahime which is the sequel to Inuyasha and you play Setsua now how was it playing on that show like were you a fan of Inuyasha before auditioning for that part and getting it
2: Yes. so that was actually like the the original Inuyasha dub was one of the things that kind of helped inspire me to be a voice actor for nice. anime, not mm-hmm. even joking. like Good i show. I used to I was so obsessed with Inuyasha. Like kind of how I'm with Jojo now was like me with Inuyasha when I was like seventeen. And so it was very, very full circle,
1: yeah. It's again, it's a classic. It's something that we all watched. and I love how you said that it's what got you into wanting to be a voice actor. I feel like there's always these things that we have in life, like with me with wrestling, uh, you know, seeing a certain wrestler be on screen and being larger than life and just like, yo, this is what I want to do. And, you know, you watching Inuyasha back when it came out back in the early 2000s and to be one of the main characters on the show, like uh, we interviewed Morgan Barry, who's on the show as well. And we've also yeah. interviewed, uh, Alan Lee and they, they were huge fans of the show as well. And, you know, they talk about how they grew up and they watched it and to, you know, be a part of this. I, I feel like it's just as big as, you know, people watching Dragon Ball Z growing up and then now they are on Dragon Ball Super.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And it's something that I've noticed more with this generation too. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of the current generation of actors, a big part of what inspired them to be actors was like they watch these shows, they play these games, and then, you know, it kind of like inspires them to maybe go into the industry and stuff as well. And so, if a certain like reboots or you know sequels or different things come out, it's like it's just so amazing to be part of something iconic that was influential for you early in your career. Like if you had told me back then, like, "Hey, one day you're gonna play the showmer's daughter," I'd be like, "What?" Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. man that's wild mm-hmm. it is man because I remember be a cool feeling. Mm-hmm. I remember when uh it was when like the first teaser images for the show had came out and they was just like hold on Shishomaru has daughters <laughs> like who who does Shishomaru have daughters with and it's just like I feel like all the real Inuyasha fans just like come on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <It was> like... <laughs> but no but yeah it, it definitely is an awesome feeling and Just uh, being on that show and now with it being announced that uh, season two is coming out now, uh, when we had uh, Morgan up here, one of the things that we had told her was that I feel like it's because we watched the dub growing up when Yasha Hime first came out and we were only getting the sub like it was good. But I don't know. It was just something about watching the sub where it's just like I didn't have like that same in you Yasha feeling when I was watching it. But then as soon as I watched the dub, I was just like, yo. This is making me feel like a teenager again. Like, and the new cast that they have up here, like, it feels like I'm watching Yasha. So, I just want to say, pinkies up to you and everybody that's involved on Yasha Hime for uh making me feel like i'm a teenager again because for that's sure. an amazing thing for sure Well, it's
2: so cool that they were able to get a lot of the original cast back too like i had no idea how that was going to work because the original cast is based in canada and sometimes mm-hmm. when you have production in two different countries things can get really complicated but whatever magic they use behind the scenes to make that work that's super cool
0: it worked i mean it was it's very nostalgic to hear those people again you know, I don't know better words to use, but it was, uh, you know, it's part of our childhoods and it's good to hear them again, as well as, you know, the new voices. Yeah, that's right. We want to thank Golden Ink Tattoo for always sponsoring the podcast. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard in Portsmouth, Virginia. You can give them a call at 757-465-1010 and book an appointment with Denise, Kitty, Jay, and... Or their brand new tattoo artist, Kane, spelled like Kanye. Also, mentioning up Leveling Up Banks will get you a 10% discount off your tattoo. So make sure you mention up Leveling Up Banks to get 10% off your tattoo.
1: Okay, no, yeah, I was just about to bring up Demon Slayer next. Yep, because you, no, that's, you know, that's another one of our favorites. Ooh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm currently reading the manga right now because especially after Mugen Train and I was just like, yo, I can't wait for season two, just like with My Hero Academia and just like with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Thankfully, we do have the manga out here where we can just pick it up, especially on the Viz Media app, and we can just go get right into it. So how is it being a part? Because it's just like, if I could compare you to anybody right now, and it's like John Cena, who is in like these Hollywood blockbusters this summer. And it's just like, you've been in these top popular animes hunter hunter jojo's bizarre adventure and now you're in demon slayer like how is it working on that show
2: it was really cool um i didn't have a lot of sessions because mitsuri even though she's a very popular character in the show she doesn't really talk that much um in the Mm -hmm. anime um and hopefully you know if there's more in the future i'm told that she has a lot more stuff in the manga i was like so bummed that she wasn't in the movie because that would have been so cool to be a part of that but um Yeah, I was actually really surprised when I got cast because to kind of go back to what I said about auditions earlier, I was thinking, oh, like, that's really cool that I get to audition for this. I'm probably not going to book it. I can think of like three other actresses off the top of my head who would probably be better for (laughs) this role than I am. But, you know, you never know. That's why it's Mm -hmm. like you always just like if you get sent an audition that you think you can remotely do, like do it. Because even if you think that you know what they're looking for, they might be thinking of something else yep mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. oh yeah Miss Kira um I just wanna slide back to you growing up being born in Alaska hmm um what is i gotta ask what's it like there uh you know, I know y'all deal with what is it thirty days of night and thirty day isn't it thirty of day too?
2: No, that's actually, like, a really common misconception. Um, if yeah. somebody's, like, up near the North Pole or something, then they might get more more weather like that. But otherwise, I feel like that's more of, like, a thing from movies and stuff. Um, yeah.
1: I would say like we do
2: have, um, compared to, you know, like now where I live in Southern California, we do have shorter days in the winter and longer days in the summer. Like, you Ah. know, sometimes in the summer, the sun will set around like midnight, but it's still not like, you know, completely one thing or the other.
0: That's still pretty sweet.
2: And then the rest of the year is just kind of average. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. That was, um, I just wanted to ask, uh, you know, since we had you on and I saw that you were from
1: there, um.
0: That's pretty cool. And thank you for clearing that up for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Like when you said the 30 days of a night thing, I automatically started thinking about the vampire. Come on. Of
0: course. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, of course, that's a great movie, but uh, yeah. Uh, Now I know that the vampires wouldn't be able to get me.
1: (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) So uh, moving along, uh, this goes back to, uh, you know, voice acting question. Uh, You were just on the show, the anime Godzilla singular point. Now, and I wanted to ask you, are you a huge Godzilla fan?
2: Um, I actually wasn't like I was never like super into it, but you know, I still obviously, when I was cast, I was um just really excited to be such a uh, part of such an iconic property. And then when I found out who I was playing, I was like, oh, this character is really important, I got to do this justice. So, um, <laughs> and you know, when when the character changes form later, I was like, "Oh, because i didn't I didn't know that when I first started recording, and so that was like a surprise to me too. And I was like, "Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, this is getting real <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. yeah, and it's it's just awesome. I mean, like I said, you are just working on like these big projects, man, and I just feel like anybody that's watching and listening to this episode, like if you've ever uh, you know, have inspirations to become a voice actor or actress, you know, I would say like Miss Buckland is somebody that you should look at because like she's had an incredible journey, like going back from when she said she first started and voice acting to doing the flash animation to where she's at now. Uh, you know, we were just on the podcast uh, and me and Dee, we were talking about how, you know, some people kind of what you were saying earlier, they get into things and it's like they feel like they just need to invest and go big, big, big. But it's, it's like sometimes you have to have those humble beginnings and you have to crawl your way up to the top. So that way that you can stay humble and you can stay like-minded. And then when you do get to the top and, and when you do get these big roles, like mm-hmm. everything will just be in place. You know, sometimes people expect to get so much in the beginning and you do have to, you know, just have fun with it and enjoy it and when you finally do, like I said, get to the big time, then that's what it's all about.
2: Well, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it takes a lot of patience, but one of the big secrets that I will tell you as well is that there's not really a such thing as the top. You know, sure, you have some of the actors that maybe, like, anyone can tell you, like, oh, we know, like, who who's, like, the greats of this generation. But the thing is, even a lot of those actors, like, the people that I look up to maybe, like, they're still dealing with like insecurities about where's mm. my next job going to come from. They're still worried about like, oh, am I, you know, am I not getting like cast in a lot of things because I'm like getting older and all this kind of stuff. It's like everyone has their own insecurities and everyone compares themselves to other people. It's like, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I'm able to work full time as an actor, but because being able to go full time is all about the consistency of the work. Because yep. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like if you're big part like you can be like leads in some shows and like small parts in other. I mean, you're getting paid the same hourly. The mm. difference is that as a lead, you're probably gonna have more hours. Mm. So whenever people say like, oh, if I could just get a lead or this or that, it's like, yeah, but that's not a guarantee that you you're gonna have like stability in, in your career and in your income. So um mm-hmm. you know, I feel like there's there's never really a such thing as, as someone who just like n- well You know, there's always exceptions, but especially in the anime industry, it's like most people don't just like get to a point where they can stop auditioning or stop trying. You know, we always are still auditioning. We're always still trying to work because career longevity, it's like you have to like keep trying for things. You know, we're all freelancers. We're all independent contractors. So it's like you can play a lead on some show with like a certain studio or with a certain end client, there's no guarantee that you're going to get anything on the next project that they do. So it's like, Mm. you have to really like be trying to get auditions from all different sources. You have to be like constantly kind of marketing yourself and updating your materials and staying competitive. Like a lot of people will still continue to take classes even after they're working consistently because it's kind of like, otherwise, if you can't kind of, Stay competitive, then other people are going to outread you and outbook you on projects. So it's like, I don't think that most people ever really get to a point where they can just kind of be complacent and be like, no, I'm good. I'll just wait for like work to come in. Cause that's, unless you're like a celebrity, that's not going to happen. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, to piggyback off of something that you had just uh, said, because I know you mentioned earlier that Enuyasha was one of the animes that inspired you to get into voice acting but who were some of the people that you heard their voice and those are the ones who inspired you. And then once you got into voice acting, like these became your, uh, your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I guess like mentors or something like that.
2: Well, some of the people I never got to meet. Cause for example, to go back to, Inuyasha, um, Monica story, who was the original voice of Kagome. She was like somebody that I completely idolized in terms of like her voice. And I wanted to sound like her. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I would spend a very long time, like, listening to her voice and trying to, like, you know, get a similar, like, cadence or whatever. Because I thought, like, oh, well, if I can have, like, a a cute anime girl voice, then I can work in anime. And it's it's funny because now it's, like, the opposite. They want, you know, very, like, authentic and natural reads for a lot of things. But, um, you know, back in the day, it was, like, there was kind of a specific sound to a lot of anime dubs back then. And so people would try to sort of affect that to you know, to learn to do it. But um, I really looked up to her and sadly she retired from voice acting a while ago from what I've read. So, and she was based in Canada, so I never got to meet her or anything. I did, um, you know, over the years, I have gotten to, of course, meet people whose um, performances I looked up to and things like that. It's it's really weird because once you're in the industry, it's like these people are just kind of like people you work with. So Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, most people aren't like, oh my gosh, I met this like famous person or whatever. Cause it's just kind of like, oh, like this this person is your director on the show today. But, yeah. you know, it is really cool when you're working on a show that's directed by somebody that, you know, is is pretty iconic in the industry.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that feeling. It's, it's one of those things where, uh, to take it back to wrestling, where it's like you grow up and you watch this person on TV, but then it's like when you actually have to work with them, You know what I'm saying? It's just like you have to kind of uh, hold that hold being a fan back, if that makes any sense. Because it's like you want you want to keep it professional. I know that we've had uh, voice actors up here before where they said that they've been at cons with uh, even some like wrestlers or you know actors or actresses that they grew up watching. It's just like yo, I gotta I can't mark out right now because. I have to just stay professional the entire time.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely something that is, um, <laughs> you know, it can be a challenge. But I think when you're in work mode, it's it's kind of easier to just be like, okay, I'm here to do a job. You know, I I gotta like be good at my job. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So another show that you were on, you were on *Miraculous Ladybug* and uh trav was here that's one of trav's favorite shows he watches it with his daughters and he also told me to tell you that he's a huge fan and he also said some nonsense that i want to tell you after we finish talking about uh, uh miraculous but uh but, sounds about right but you know miraculous i've seen a couple episodes of it i feel like it's this generation sailor moon how was it working on that show
2: It was really cool. Um, Sadly, because my character is in the background most of the time, I don't get a lot of screen time with her. But there were a couple episodes that were Alex-centered, and those were really fun to work on, especially the one with Bunnix, because I actually did that all in one go. Like, I played um, the current Alex and then future Alex and have them, like, talk to each other and, and stuff like that. And, you know, that... That, to me, was just, like, really fun, getting to explore different ages of a character, if you will, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely wish she had more screen time, because she's cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know if, if Trav was here, he would he would ask you so many questions about Miraculous, because, like I said, that's something that he watches with his daughters. Now, the nonsense that he said was that <laughs> uh, he told me that he loves your name, Kira, and he <laughs> says that um, Kira... Is his favorite character on um on Death Note. And oh. I told him, I was just like, well, Trav, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, if I tell her, you know, say mention Kira, you know, she's gonna say something from about Kira from part four of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And then this man said that Death Note came out before part four of JoJo's Bizarre. Aven- I'm just like, Trev. My bro.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know i mean i i love death note back in the day as well and stuff and i cosplayed from it and stuff like that but i mean it's like one of the reasons that i love Yoshika kira from part four is mm-hmm. because he really looks a lot like david bowie who's my yes. favorite musician
0: good pick for uh musicians anyway
2: yeah. Mm. Plus, this stand looks like a cat. I mean... Yeah,
1: exactly. It looks like Mewtwo, in a way.
2: <laughs> it does. That was the first... <laughs> when I first saw Killer Queen, I was like, oh, it looks like a robotic Mewtwo. I-
1: exactly. And uh, I just... Like, I told D, um, Kira, he's one of my favorite villains from the JoJo series. I mean, I love Dio, but it's just something about Kira where it's just like, he's just smart, he's sophisticated, and uh, the only reason why he got caught, spoiler alert, is because he messed up. You know what I'm saying? He went that long... <laughs> Uh, being in town and nobody finding him. And then he messed up. But no, Kira, he he definitely is one of my favorite JoJo villains. And I wanted to piggyback off of, because you mentioned that you cosplayed, and I know that I've seen pictures of you uh, cosplaying as Jolene Cujo. Now, uh, you know, something I do here on the channel is I interview cosplayers. So I guess we can kind of take it away into the cosplay scene. And uh, how was it going to your first con? Did you cosplay when you went there?
2: Yes. um, I cosplayed Kagome, actually, because that was my very first cosplay <laughs> nice. ever. And I was, yeah, I was in high school at the time. And I remember my first con that I ever went to was Soccer Con in Seattle, because, you know, being up in Alaska, that was kind of the closest con we could go to at the time. And then I ended up starting a con up there, which is like still going to this day, nice. um, obviously run Stay. by different people. But I was just like, oh, we don't have an anime con up here. Okay, let's make one. And, you know, then Soon learned how much work that actually involves.
1: Oh yeah, coordinating and things. Mm-hmm. So you you go to your first con, your Kagome, and you know now before the pandemic, uh, I'm I'm sure you were still going to con after con after con after con. And when you go to cons, when you cosplay, you level up and you just start doing so many more amazing cosplays. What have been some of your favorite cosplays over the years that you've enjoyed being?
2: Oh, um, there's been. Quite a few. I mean, obviously, Jolene is one of my favorites because I've cosplayed so many different variations of her. Mm -hmm. Um, I have cosplayed various versions of David Bowie as well. (laughs) Because, of course, I have... um, Another one I did was, like, Gem from Gem and the Holograms. Um, Oh, and in terms of JoJo, I've also cosplayed Raimi because, I mean, I kind of had to. And (laughs) I did Lucy Steele from Part 7 at one point. Um, Because, like, usually I stick with Jolene, but once in a while I wanted to change it up. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of like to do uh, Mitsuba from Part 8 at some point. But, you know, it's also hard because the other thing about cosplay is that it's very expensive. Yes, and it just gets you know because certain times I I would like cosplay characters I voice too like I did um Mary from Kakigurui and like a whole bunch of others but you know it's just like it's a lot like it doesn't matter really because even if you're making it like I tried to learn to make my own um I made a few of my own and stuff but it's like it's a lot for like materials and then the time and stuff and yep I don't know
1: <laughs> it can be yeah no and. And that's, and one of the things I love about cosplay is that because you can make your own stuff or you can purchase it. And like how you already said, uh, it can be very expensive, but when it comes to making your own stuff, like that's why I love going to the thrift store and, you know, just finding whatever you need there. Mm -hmm. And then piecing everything together because sometimes you can go to a thrift store and like you can find exactly what you need. You never know what you're gonna find. Yeah I know. know.
2: that's like basically what I did for my Asuka so it was like one of my cheaper costumes but another thing is that my favorite thing to do with cosplay is the makeup like I'm really into makeup Mm. it's kind of like one of my hobbies or what have you so I really really like just doing like cool makeup looks and stuff like that
1: hmm Yeah. Sometimes I mean, because I know that I have some cosplay friends where it's just like sometimes like they don't even wear costumes to the cons. Like they'll just, you know, do like a sick makeup. You know what I'm saying? Cause uh, your if your makeup game is on point and like I've seen some of your photos and your makeup game is on point as well. If it's, <laughs> it's if also it's,
2: filters, but thank you. <laughs> oh, oh wow.
1: <laughs> but no, but yeah, it's like if your makeup game is on point, like then you're dope. You know what I'm saying? You really don't yep. have to do much. Now right. uh I wanted to ask you this now when you aren't cosplaying or when you're not doing voiceover work, like what are some hobbies that you're into?
2: Pokemon go. That's a big one. Oh, Good pick. Yeah. I like to just, you know, go out and do raids and stuff like that. I'm actually, I'm so sad because right before we did this interview, I was trying to do a raid because I really wanted a shiny Palkia and my game glitch, there were five people in the lobby, my game glitched, So I couldn't get in. So I had to restart it and I was trying and trying, trying to get back in and I couldn't. Yep. And then, so I remote invited a bunch of people and yep. we had four total, but we were all like, you know, over level forty. So I thought, okay, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. And then we didn't get it in time, so I wasted my mm. raid pass. I'm just yeah.
0: <laughs> such a it's a very fun game to just kind of play because you don't have to necessarily know people, you know what I mean? It's like a yeah. community driven thing and you kind of do it at your own leisure. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Me and my wife are trying to get a
1: shiny hair across right now.
2: So. Oh, me too. Yeah. 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 Nice and
1: pink. <laughs> yep. So Yep. So has has the game like has it you know gotten more advanced? Because like, I yeah. remember I was mm-hmm. when I was playing it like uh, because I'm a driver right, so it's like I would drive to a bunch of areas and I would always try to see if I could capture different Pokemon that way. But you know I always kept on capturing the same ones. Pikachu, uh, not Pikachu, uh, Pidgey and Rattata. And I'm just like, oh, uh, yeah. come a long like, way, big guy. Oh, hey. I have come a long <laughs> way. Oh yeah, yeah. Because so. I mean, like I mean. I know that there's a lot of people that still play it and they have fun with it. And, you know, they still come up with updates and everything like that. And, uh, you know, I just love that they added the feature where it's like you could I'm, I'm not sure if it's in the newer Pokemon games, but I think it was when, hey, you not hey, you Pikachu, uh, let's go Eevee, and let's go Pikachu when those came out that you could capture Pokemon and Pokemon Go and then put them in the Switch games. I thought that that was an amazing feature. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, yeah, good connection. But yeah, but D, you can go ahead and take the floor. Uh, let's see, Miss Kira. Oh,
0: there was a question I have for you. You said that David Bowie is one of your favorite. First, uh, who are some of your other favorite artists?
2: Well, David Bowie is obviously like my favorite favorite. I mean, he's, um, <laughs> he's the
0: man. Well, let's not... Let's yeah. not get it twisted. David Bowie's sick. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anybody else underneath him? Should I say?
2: Yeah. So I mean, some of my other favorites, and it's probably going to be fairly predictable. But um no, no worse. I love like Green Day, Rolling Stones, Queen, mm-hmm. Pink Floyd, Electric sick. Light Orchestra, uh, King Crimson. Tech. Great pick. Yeah. <laughs> How does King Crimson work?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh Fleetwood Mac, all all that kind of stuff. I I love classic rock. That's great.
0: yeah. I mean, it's a great era. Yeah. Um I want to ask what's your favorite David Bowie song or album?
2: Um so my favorite album is The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders nice. from Mars and my favorite yeah. song is actually on that album but it's not one of the more popular ones. It's the track is just called Star. Yeah. So I feel like not a lot of people know. I mean David Bowie fans will obviously know it instantly. Mm-hmm. But, um you know, people won't have heard it on the radio or what have
0: you. Yeah. And I um, it's funny. We just came back from uh, Greensville, North Carolina con. And uh, I was actually talking to Banks on the way there or back about, I think it was on the way there about how underrated, you know, his music kind of is, you know, mm-hmm. the stuff you hear on the radio, you know, doesn't do him justice because he has so many songs that have never played on the radio.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. It's, it, it's it funny that you picked him. Yep. So David Bowie's uh he's a great, I mean, I love his music. I love his energy. You know.
2: Yeah. So
0: yep, that was uh that was kind of all I had uh Banks until you know my closing question really.
1: Yeah, well, no questions. I was, was mm-hmm. going to piggyback off of uh, what Kara had just said because you know I love Queen as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you ever check out the Bohemian Rhapsody movie?
2: Yes, I I watched that in theaters.
1: Did you cry when you watched it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all I
1: needed. It was so honest of an answer. Yeah, yeah. It it was sad. <laughs> it it was sad. I I remember. Uh, I went to go watch it after uh NekoCon that we have here in Virginia, and when oh, I went, I went in... to
2: NekoCon once.
1: Oh, for uh, what year?
2: Oh, I don't even remember what year because honestly, the um convention seemed like a completely different timeline thanks to yeah, the right pandemic, it, but. <laughs>
1: Well, now that uh, you have been to Necocon, we hope that you come to Necocon again. And uh, right. when you come there, we got to get a picture with uh, leveling up with Benjamin Banks crew, and uh, hopefully, Trav will be there. Yep, and, yep. Uh, yeah. you, and you and you can let him know that
2: uh, that
1: Kira oh. from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure oh. Is, oh. is better than <laughs> Kira from Daphne. I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, I, I do want to. Um, I do want since we're in this uh,
0: smorgasbord of uh, conversation now. I do just want to say, Kira, do you know the song by Queen, The Show Must Go On?
2: Yes, of course.
0: It's an amazing song. And I think that's one of the most emotional songs that I really like, you know, because it kind of sums up Freddie Mercury's journey. And, you mm-hmm. know, knowing what he went through, you know, his condition and stuff that he contracted, it was just, I think that's a very uh, energetic song and it has a lot of meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was just curious.
2: Also, um, Made in Heaven, I feel like anyone who's Mm -hmm. read part six through the end, it's like you can't ever hear Made in Heaven again without tearing up.
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm reading part six right now and I'm at the part where uh, they just got Foo Fighters. And I feel like I've kind of been spoiled on what happens because I got a what's the game? Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Eyes of Heaven. Oh, and like yeah. They revealed stuff in the game, and I was just like, oh, well, who are these characters? Oh, and- that's
2: going to be a minefield. Even reading, like, it's funny because I do JoJo panels at conventions, and even when we're talking about kind of, like, the setting of Part 7 as opposed to Part 6, I'm like, "Well, like, kind of have to, like, there's no way to really explain why Part 7 is what it is without... Sort of, kind of spoiling part six.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, wow, wow! It's like that. I mean, because I mean, I know that part seven and part eight take place in a different universe. I know that much, right?
2: But, but to kind of explain why it's a different universe mm. is would kind of be like part six spoilers. So it's mm. sort of like we have to dance around it. Like, well, different universe, but you'll see why when you get there.
1: And see, and you wanna know what? I just gotta say that I love and appreciate you for not spoiling it because you know there's uh some jojo groups that i'm in on facebook and they'll uh. be like and they'll be like uh well jojo part six came out in the year 2000 so i can say what i want but it's so many fans who don't read the manga and they only watch the anime and uh, even though that the option is out there for them to read the manga they i mean like there's nothing wrong with that if you only want to watch the anime then you can watch the anime, but it does suck when you have people who spoil stuff. Like I know um, one of the biggest spoilers that pissed me off was when um I found out what happened to Ren Goku before the movie came out. And I was just like, why would somebody post that in the group? Like it, it's like they posted it the week before the movie came out. And I'm just like, How did an admin approve this? You know what I'm saying? So it I mean, it's the manga and the anime, it's it's a gift and a curse, but I'll never spoil anything for anybody unless they ask. Like, I know D, he always asks me questions about My Hero Academia all the time. And I don't go into great detail about stuff that happens. But... Uh, can't be everywhere at once, you know what
0: I mean? Banks, mm-hmm. you know we both watch uh, our respected stuff for the uh, our podcasts and things like that. And then we watch our stuff in our free time. So, can't mm-hmm. be everywhere at once, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hey, like Steve... Yeah, like Steve Rogers said, you can't run
1: everywhere. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think it's nice like in terms of the Facebook groups to have like a couple different spaces because obviously, you know, as somebody who's like caught up on the Jojo manga, I appreciate it when I can talk about later parts and spoilers Mm -hmm. with people. But it's nice to have one where it's like, okay, because I know like, for example, I'm in a group as well where it's specifically like a manga group. So it's, you get fair warning like, hey, if you're in this group, it's assumed you're caught up. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. don't blame us if you get spoiled. But Mm -hmm. in like more general groups, it can be kind of hard to balance.
1: Mm, yep, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, cuz I know when Dragon Ball Super came out, the anime, the anime came out in 2015 in Japan, but it didn't come the dub didn't come out in America until I want to say like 2018. So, it's like by the time it started in America, like it was already over in Japan and mm-hmm. it just sucked because there were so many people who was watching it as it was airing in Japan and then when they went to talk about it in the group uh people would be like oh you're spoiling it for me i'm waiting for the dub to come out and i'm just like well dang i mean like there's there's no uh time window on when the dub's gonna come out so yeah it's that's kind of hard to talk about topics like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, in general yep mm-hmm. but yeah d uh go ahead and uh you can we can go in and wrap this thing up i don't have any more questions so uh d you can go in and ask your final farewell question all right miss kara i
0: usually do two wrap-up questions one um uh, my first question is, uh, if when you were growing up, did you have a, a TV show or a movie that really scared you and stuck with you?
2: Um, I can't really think of anything that scared me necessarily because I didn't, you know, I didn't get to watch a lot of stuff growing uh, up, unfortunately. But, got yeah.
0: it. Did, well, um, you know, we're all adults now. Do you have a favorite horror movie?
2: Oh, um, see, I don't know because I I've watched like some. Some different like foreign ones that I don't remember the names of that friends have uh, me gotcha. different times and yep.
0: I we we actually review a well we have one on our channel now uh, Blood Red Sky, which is the foreign film. Oh, that's a really uh, good one. Yes, it is. It is. If you haven't seen it, um you should write it down and you know, next rainy day you get a chance. Good really good uh spin on a vampire movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But um yeah. And uh second question is do you have a favorite 80s or nineties movie?
2: Um, yes, so I, I feel like this is cheating, but in terms of 80s in particular, it would be Labyrinth for very Ooh, obvious reason.
1: Oh, thanks. Have you seen that one? Come on, bro. I mean, oh. I understand, I understand why she said that it would be considered cheating because uh, who's in it, but no, I, I, I've, I've seen he looks that movie so
2: good in it too. Yeah. I, yeah, mean, The
1: Goblin King.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah yep. and that actually was- one of my cats is named jareth after his-
1: ah, nice, nice. nice. he had a, that was such a sweet villain he's mm-hmm. it was so cool yeah um, what's what's crazy is like that was the first time i had ever found out about who he was david mm, bowie yeah because mm-hmm, it's like i was over at my mm-hmm. babysitter's house and they were watching it and i was just like yeah who is this guy and you know it's it's like you said d like he's somebody that really doesn't get the recognition that no, he, he deserves oh man he goes
0: much deeper than uh you Know the the few songs they have on the radio, man. Yeah, well,
2: yeah, that's another thing that bothers me is I feel like they only play like five songs of his on the yeah. radio, and I'm like, the man had 50 years worth of music. Yeah, yeah he has
0: <laughs> so much good music. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, um, it's, he's it's actually, sad. he's featured, I think it's some of his more commercial stuff, of course, but uh, they had a couple of his songs in a Game Boy or a um. DS game called uh Elite Beat Agents. I remember where that it's game. like a rhythm game and you get to play some of his songs. And oh, it's, it's yeah. fun. I yeah, heard that's they have a, Let's
2: dance in that yes, one.
0: yep. And it's that whole game is amazing. They have Rolling Stones is uh the last one, uh Jumpin Jack Flash is the final boss uh, song. And uh it's amazing. <laughs> Which also know?
2: makes me think of part six. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I don't I don't know much about part six. But um mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> this
1: guy and and, yeah. look, and 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 Kara, i said i was just like hey do you guys want to review part six with me and it was like no, nah, we're good on it like see this is what i got to deal with i mean and,
0: i don't ba- you know i don't bash you for it not
1: really not as bad as trav does. Is. yes <laughs>
0: trav does but it's like i feel like it's to each their own there's so many anime and so many genres that have opened up you know as of the 2000s and on that you know to each their own you know i recently started getting into more of the um I don't want to say romantics, but uh, what would you call it? Like dramas, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the movies that have come out, you know, like um your word uh, words bubble up like soda pop. Great movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not something I would have watched growing up. It just like, is. Or, or Violet Evergarden. Yes, yeah, correct. Exactly. Yeah. It's more mm-hmm. of a story than it is action. I agree. But, yeah. I yeah. agree.
1: Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, Kira, it was awesome having you up here with us uh, on this week's episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. You were awesome, and it is good to, uh, you know, have another JoJo fan up here. Uh, I really wish Trav <laughs> yes. was here. Because I bet you did. If, uh, Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there was one time we had, uh, Caden Jensen up here, and... Oh, yay! It's like... <laughs> Trav, Trav couldn't defend, like me and Caden, like she was just going in on Trav, because Trav, Trav was trying to do something to make JoJo fans mad, and she was, just, he was just, I was just trolling, and she was just like, well, how are you trolling if you're the only person that's laughing, I said, exactly, that's, that's, <laughs> this is, this is what I love to hear, so um, before we let you go, let everybody in social media land know where they can find you at.
2: Sure, yeah, I'll go ahead and, and drop that in the chat there for you.
1: thank you and uh kira thank you again for joining us (laughs) oh bro kira man she was so awesome it is awesome that we had somebody else up here that is a JoJo's bizarre adventure fan somebody that is a bigger fan than i am and uh yo it was awesome oh yeah
0: she was uh she's pretty fun to be a jojo's fan um very nice girl
1: Mm-hmm, I agree. And, you know, luckily Trav wasn't up here because, you know, Trav would have tore. He would have tried. Trav would have been Dio. Trav would have <laughs> been coming at us with everything, trying to stop us. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, me and Kira, we would have hit her with the star platinum and stone free and hit the aura, aura, aura. And Trav would have been defeated. And Trav would have mm-hmm. been like, Kono, Trav, die. That's exactly <laughs> what he would have said. But uh, I but thought no. you were going to say he would have tried
0: to break the wall down like Jericho.
1: No, I mean, Trav would have tried everything, man. Yes, but, he would. But no, but yeah, for real. She was awesome having up here, man. And I hope that everybody that's listening right now that you enjoyed the new episode that we had uh, with Miss Buckland. Like, she was an awesome person. Make sure you go and follow her at all of her social medias Um, at Kira Buckland on Twitter. And then on Instagram, she's at Killer Coffee Queen. And then uh, she also has a store at Envy. It's uh, com, where you can find her at. Uh, D, let everybody know where they can find you at in social media land. You can
0: find me as always at rebellious double underscore D23 at Instagram.com. Thank you for watching today. Like, follow, subscribe to the
1: channel. And then uh, even though Trav isn't here right now, you can find him on Instagram at ZK Audio. And then you can find him on Twitter at Trav Voice. And uh, you can find me, your hero, Benjamin Banks at kingbenji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. Thank you again for listening to the brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Make sure that you follow all of our social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we have a YouTube where we have interviews, reaction videos, reviews, and that is at leveling up with Benjamin Banks. Please subscribe to that because that helps us in the long run of things. And uh, if you're feeling generous and would love to donate to us, we have a Patreon. It is at leveling up banks. Thank you to our patrons who donate to us because it does keep the power on and all of our houses. And uh, yeah, with that being said, keep that pinky up, stay positive. And if you see Dio, then call Kira so that way she can snap her fingers and kill her queen will kill it. Yeah.